Hello, I'm Matt Fox. And I'm Rebecca McCluskey. And it's bloody movie week. Movie week at Six Fire Babies. The silver screens and the golden showers. <laughs> Are you excited for this one? Oh, I am popping like a kernel. Same. Oh, I got it. That's the popcorn reference. And I'm covered in butter. <laughs> <laughs> And did, anyway, did, did you get anyway. the popcorn and the coke? I mean, do you go no, for it? I don't, no, no, I'm not, you're not, into I'm not in that generation. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm actually, I still describe it as going to the pictures. The pictures, okay. Yes, indeed, yes. Okay. So uh, we went to the pictures, yes. Yeah, well, it's a very romantic thing to do, I must say. Yes, it is indeed, yeah. I want to ask you... Um, uh... Not the back seat anymore. Oh. <laughs> 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 Episode six. Episode six, six, Thanks six. for the kind words there, Michael Higgins. Oh. He's a man who's not getting much action these days. No. But like yourself. I'm not in politics. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> what's the space, Naomi Long? I'm coming for your <laughs> kick. <laughs> so, then, what's happened this week? So many things. I'm back in Belfast. Shotgun shell blast. <laughs> Is that a poem? No, it's, a, it's that boy. What's his name? He's a rapper. He's really bad. Kneecap? No, kneecap are actually good. Mm. He's, it's like a piss take thing. I'll I'm not familiar. Yeah, no, do, yeah, do. Great. Yes, you're back in the big smoke. Back in the big smoke, the big apple. I can't wait to see you. I know. In 10 to 14 working days. 10 to 14 weeks. Mm -hmm. So this has been, this is my first news story for the week. Lockdown's been extended. I know. First of April, apparently, but today... That's the, a joke. It's not going to happen. The Taoiseach of the South. Yes, not of, the Taoiseach of the North. No, the rest, no. <laughs> of the, the rest of the island. He turned around to the night and said, nine more weeks. So that brings us to the start of May. May day, May day. But it's okay, because I'm going to go on keto, so... Oh, yes, Matt's doing the uh, Gen Z Atkins diet. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Where you just eat, like, green peppers... And green and cream cheese, yeah, and yeah, avocado. drop a dress size. <laughs> <laughs> Just hard seltzers and avocado oil. He is on the front cover of Women's Own next week, though. So rush out to your local newsagents and buy that. I know, I'm excited. Mm -hmm. So yeah, lockdown. Are you looking forward to it? I can't wait to see what it's like. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm really intrigued to see how we're all going to adapt. Um, I, I haven't, I haven't seen my front garden. And I don't know how many months, and that's not a euphemism. You don't have a front garden. I do have a lovely, have a lovely bush. <laughs> do you? There's nothing outside your house. There is. What? There's um six steps, um a big stretch of, uh granite. Simone wouldn't even put out a basket or thing, would she? A what? A basket. No, she wouldn't. Oh no, mm. she wouldn't like a hanging basket. No. I'm thinking of getting one. Although at the back we've got a gazebo. She calls it the summer house and whenever she puts it up she says, oh, it's like we're in the Hamptons. <laughs> Never left North Down. <laughs> Never left Grey Gardens. <laughs> oh God, I know that's what we're like. But yes, yeah. apart from lockdown, there's been lots and lots of news what in you? the news. I didn't see much news this week. No. But I've just been keeping myself to myself. Mm. Well, Prince Philip, have you heard of him? The walking bladder infection. <laughs> <laughs> in the papers again because surprise surprise he's been in hospital 
<laughs> and do you know something? I was in, I was in a taxi the other day in Fermanagh, because this is what happens. Like, I could have a claim sitting ready to go, but he was driving. No, <laughs> no, she was in a rush. Um, Bruna, uh, that's her name. If you're and listening, what was it? My, I sent you the text for my brother. Should go up your arse to see what you had for dinner. Oh. That is, I just love country sayings. Country well, sayings. She was a busy woman that day and she goes, I hope you don't mind. There was like three other people in the taxi, but I got in the back with... Did you know them all? No, but she goes... That's a claim. She goes, everyone get your mask on. And I was like, that'll make the world a good here, but I... come Did on, you bro. say that whenever you get in? Yeah. She's trying to tell you something. <laughs> Smelly bollocks. <laughs> but we got in and I don't know who I was with in the back seat. Wasn't mm. socially distanced, but he was talking away and he was... And did you know next week... Prince Philip is a hundred and she was in the front going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, and the rest. Told me this before. So he's a hundred next week. I know. If he makes it. Listen, <laughs> he's lived through three monarchs, a world war, and about 16 civil wars. He looks like he's constantly on low power mode. No wonder he's got a chip to his shoulder. I know. He that... ne- Have you watched The Crown? Yeah, that's not him. They're actors. I know, I know, I know, but you know, it's. We'll get into that later. He's, um, God love him. Like, I mean, not that I'm a fucking bootlicker, but somebody needs to turn him off. I know. Will she be next? No, I'd say he'll be next. She has another 50 years in her. But he has about 20 minutes left, I'd say, before we get into phone notifications going. Died of a bladder infection? Yeah. I'm sorry for any royalists listening. I do actually quite like them. They're on the they're listening to the wrong they might have had the right idea, but they're wrong bitch. They're listening to the wrong podcast. It's called Ceasefire Babies. For a fucking reason. Um, <laughs> She's not my queen. <laughs> I love I love saying that. She's not about my everything. Queen. Yeah, but people get so annoyed about it. I know. Whenever Lord Cheney gets crowned in three weeks, we're all gonna go, She's not my queen. <laughs> this is a Bimini Bombay Lash household. I know, it really is. Mm-hmm. She came through there last week. I know, amazing. Mwah. What else do I have for you? Taylor Swift today declared herself as the fourth member of Haim, Haim, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Have their new song out or something? Yes, but also, do you remember at the start of lockdown, everybody was going on Ancestry.com? So I think she's just... <laughs> Her DNA test result come yeah, back. 23 and me. She's just took it too far. She's 0.1% Korean, like Demi Lovato. Mm-hmm. Translated in my next topic. <laughs> I saw that today, actually. A tweet from 2017 where she got her 23 and me back and she was like, I'm not 0.1% Korean. Oh, shout out to all my fans in Seoul. I know, but... I really don't... Like, I love Well, she's just announced that she had three strokes and a heart attack and she's still standing. I know. Like a skyscraper. <laughs> Do you blame her? Do you know what she has for breakfast? Fentanyl. Heroin. <laughs> Do you know what she has for supper? Heroin. You'll never guess what she had for allowances. Nick Jonas. Heroin. <laughs> Before Priyanka got involved. I know. She put out a video as well. I'm going for the news, so it's all stuff. <laughs> Priyanka Chopra. Did I get it right? Yeah. Okay, Vicky, friend of the show. It's not hard to Thanks say. Thanks for teaching me. Um, she put out... Some sort of like a video thing. I didn't even click on that, to be honest. I just come up with movies and news. Uh, basically a video diary of how hard lockdown is. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure she can relate to being on the phone for 45 minutes to Universal Credit. <laughs> See, I mean, I'm as camp as Christmas. But no. if I was locked up with Nick Jonas, I think I'd have something to do with my spare time. Like Instead of going on about it? 
yeah, I think I'd still be gardening about it. Like, I think like that affects <laughs> everyone. I wouldn't be gardening about Nick Jonas. I think he has gorgeous eyes. Me too. No, I just I think <clears throat> Priyanka's not his cup of tea. Why? Because he's there's too many like visible penis shots through his clothing. He's not a heterosexual man. No. No. You think he's gay? Hundred percent. Think he's bi curious? Uh, no. Do you try curious? No, he did that with Shawn Mendes. No. Do you reckon? Oh, do you reckon? <laughs> 100%. I don't know. I don't really follow, like, that kind of gay news. <laughs> I'm more involved with, like, lesbians. Oh, yeah. If Nick Jonas was a lesbian, I'd be... I'd have lots written down here. Do you have any other news for me, Rebecca? <clears throat> so so difficult. I know. I mean, put a bit of pep. What? In your voice. Pepto-bismol. Pepto-bismol. So, speaking of uh, Pepto-bismol, is there life on Mars? Youngblood. David Bowie. Youngblood. David Bowie. Well, I know, but didn't Youngblood, a recording of Youngblood, get sent to Mars? Yeah, because he sang a David Bowie song. Yeah. But Bowie's estate contacted him. To, why did they not just play Bowie? Why did they have a good young blood? Why to didn't do it? they play the version from American Horror Story, the season I never watched? And you know, David Bowie's estate normally have it so on point because they made a statement saying that before he died, David Bowie declared that Lord was the future of music. And then that's why she sang the tribute at the Brit Awards. And what the fuck has she done with it? She hasn't released an album. If this is playing in New, New Zealand, <laughs> and if you're listening, Lord. Have you not seen the interview? I've s- no, I've seen whenever her and Bowie were talking to each other. No, I mean, as of years this ago, week. She hasn't done anything. Do you know where she's been for like the past six months? New Zealand? No. Oh, I love that you don't know this. It Where's was, she been? It was on TikTok yesterday. Oh, she's oh, so, oh, where everyone gets their news from. She has me You've got Huffington Post TikTok. <laughs> That's it just goes to show the difference between us mentally. You're... Watch Quick, it. <laughs> quickly morphing into a 30-year-old woman and I'm regressing. But she has announced that she already knows the title for her third album. It's done and dusted. And she has spent months going around Antarctica. And then she's, when she came back for, for the guts of two months, every night she dreamt of white. White snow. And Listen. penguins. <laughs> Anyway, that wasn't Antarctica. That was a house off fucking Rugby Avenue in the Holy Lands. <laughs> I swear to God, she's been in Antarctica. New album, Imminent. I swear to God, if Lord releases a new album within the next two months, I will... I well, she will, because remember she said... I will skin myself Remember she said and make if, a dress. If everyone voted for Jacinta Hearn, she'd surprise them with new music. And Jacinta's in office. It's her and has been? Ago. Yeah. For a while. She gave an interview the other day. I'll send it to you. I swear. Elle O'Connor. I have bones to pick with her. What else have I got for you? Um, I think we touched on it a couple of weeks ago. The whole Shia LaBeouf, FKA Twigs, domestic abuse thing. Yes. Just annoying me. But she did give a primetime American interview. I've seen that. See if any fella comes up to you and he has a paper bag on his head and goes, Do you want to go out with me? Uh, I was famous in the very early 2000s. You say, ah, no. <laughs> I'm okay, thanks. I'm okay. I do love the one thing that stands out. It's all over the news today. Where she turns around and she goes, I'm not going to answer that question again. Whenever, and she, she reckons no one should ever have to answer that question. 
where they've been asking, going, you know, if it was that bad all along and this was happening, mm-hmm. why did you not leave sooner than you did? How do and people then, get their journalist degree? That's I know, what I don't understand. And then she flipped it, reversed it, and she's like, well, the question should be, why, like, why, why did he do it? Why did he make you feel like he couldn't leave sooner? Yeah. I know it's absolutely disgusting, and I never liked any of his movies either. Even Stevens. The Even Stevens movie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was a it was a favorite. Stand out. Um, speaking of movies. Well, that's what this week's all about. Sex and City. Of course, yes. None of that. No sex, we're British. Isn't that the saying? <laughs> what? No sex, please, we're British. I've never heard of that in my life. That's the saying. Whenever there were, um, whenever everybody went on their like big censorship thing in like the 60s, it was but like a... Did they not have like carry on camping? Yes, well, it was around the same time. You know, the whole like keep calm and carry on. Yeah, there that was, was a, po- a wartime thing. Yeah, but it was the similar like shape poster and it said... No sex, please. We're British. You'd see that in a tea towel now, sitting in, where do you call it? Oh, you know that shop said bootleggers. It's a dear hole. Lackeys? Born and bred. Doorsteps? <laughs> <laughs> same, 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 but different. So, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, the word cinematography was coined by two French fellas in the 1860s. Um, they were both called Louis, so... Do with that what you will. They're brothers and they're both called Louis. Um, but we all know the idea of watching people act and perform things dates back to, you guessed it, ancient she- Greece. Oh, I thought Shakespeare. No, no. But he comes up a lot. You know, we've got Shakespeare, Euripides, Tennessee Williams, just to but, name a few. Right, you're just talking about people acting. No, no, no. They're famous playwrights. Yeah, but plays aren't the same as films. But the theatre, darling... Has nothing to do with cinema. It does because it before you had the cinema, you had the theatre. <laughs> the theatre. Mhm. What'd you get in your GCSE, French? I got a. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the first ever movie. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but the first ever movie was two point eleven seconds long. Um, it was released in eighteen eighty eight, and it was called the Roundhay Garden Scene. It was like um. Ladies' Day, what do you call them? Horses. Yeah, but it was, was it a movie or it was a moving animation? F- no, it was a real life moving picture. Of real life or a drawing? Of real life horses. <laughs> Wild horses. Well, I know. Um, a couple of years later, they made the first ever talking picture or talkie. To a talkie. Me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when the first talkie was made? Mary Poppins. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The first talkie. Mary Poppins? When was that? Like the 70s? No, it wasn't. It was like the 20s. No. The first ever talking picture was made in 1927. Right. It was called The Jazz Singer and it starred Al Jolson, who was a very, very famous actor back in his day. He did um, vaudeville and then moved into the cinema and he was very famous in minstrel shows oh what's he up to now because you couldn't do it well that's what i was just about to say he did blackface 
Um, and you know, this was, you know, at the style at the time, 1927. And I would just like to say that thank God the directors hire people of colour now. Well, just about. Why so white Oscars? Stellongo, and wasn't last year not that impressive as well? I don't think there was any Oscars last year. There was. Oh no, there was no Met Gala last year. Ah, and that's why there's been no fashion. There's been no fashion. Just um, beige tracksuits. The Oscars last year. Parasite um, won Best Picture. Yes. And it's now available on Amazon Prime, not sponsored. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. It's all in Korean, which wouldn't put me off. It'd put me on. Yeah. Because I'm into my K-pop. Mm. But, mm. as you know... I don't think BTS are in the movie, Parasite. <laughs> no. no. Um, Parasite, no. directed by BTS, featuring Halsey. I love a foreign language film. And I think... I don't know. I might be wrong. I think that was the first time... Like a foreign language film won the best picture. I think you're right. I think it was the first time that it was nominated without being in a foreign language category. Right. You know, it was just yeah, like just a mainstream. Ca- yeah, yeah. One of my favorite movies is a foreign language film. Which one? A Beautiful I mean, Life. Oh. You know the the World War Two uh, Italian. Yeah. It's like a boy in striped pajamas, but in Italian. What's one of my favorite films? Did I make you watch it? One night and in it's Paris. Two it's nights not in Paris. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, two nights in Paris. You did make me watch your favourite film. <laughs> it's not my favourite, but it's up there. Like, it's cool. Yeah. It's kind of arty, and it's mostly French, I think. Split language, French and English, but a lot of it was in French. I thought your favourite film was Apocalyptico. No, I do love that, I do love that, and I don't normally like Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. but um, he behaved beautifully in that film. That's because he wasn't in it. <laughs> no, I've... I don't really know. I'm not big into films. Well. I should be. I say this and then I get very passionate about ones. Yeah. But I'm very into Do you like, know whenever you meet someone and they're like, oh, you've never seen Fight Club? What do you mean? No, or, but that's... Quentin Tarantino's a god. Fuck you. That's I, me. I'm like... That's like, tell me a, tell me you're a virgin without telling me you're a virgin. But people always come out with like these really fucking shit, like hangover and super bad references and all. And I'm like, that's not what I'm yeah. interested in. I'm interested in... Like documentary films, yep. foreign film mm-hmm. or foreign language films, I like like really left field kind of art housey. Yeah. Like such a wanker. No, I know what you mean. I love films that, whenever they're over, you go to the person who's watched it. What did you pick up from that movie? Did I pick up the yeah. same thing? Did we watch like, the same movie together? Did we see I like the same thrillers. things? I like like conversational dramas. Saying that though, I love Mean Girls. Oh yeah, obviously. And yes. that's not wrong. That's no. not. Not, wrong for me to do that but like films like Mean Girls yeah. it's few and far between that yeah. I would quote it and be like yeah yeah like I'm not someone who's big and just like com- I don't like comedy films sorry I don't some of them like comedy films in the 80s were you know so ahead of their time and you've got you know Airplane uh, Steve Martin all those ones Um, uh, what do you call them Jim Belushi or Joe Belushi <laughs> He's a very famous like comedy actor from the 80s. Exactly. It's an American reference. We wouldn't get it. But you get a lot of like, it's like dad humour. Yeah, no, that's not my that's thing not, either. That's not funny. I will say this. Like, I wouldn't really be into comedy movies, but I did watch a very, very good one recently. And it was, um, what was it called? Murder Mystery. Jennifer Aniston and uh, that J. No. What's his name? Adam Sandler. <laughs> right. And it was very, very funny. I know, I'm not a fan of Anston. I'm not a fan of any of those, just like fluffy. Just like, I want a film to fuck me up. Yeah. Like, Brie Larson Room. 
affected mm. me. Great movie. Like left me shaking. Anything like Selma, mm. anything historical mm. or things that like make you like feel really, really passionate about the human condition. Yeah. Or about racism or whatever. I like, do prefer um Hotel Rwanda. Non- you know, this is one of my non- favourite films. Non-fiction movies. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Non-fiction, yeah. Or historical dramas or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, anything like Hotel Rwanda is one of my favourites. Just anything that's really gripping and you're like, oh my God, like this is things that explore the human condition. And then at the end of the movie, you'll walk away from it and go, <sighs> that's mad that that happened. And yeah. then maybe someone in the cinema, you'll hear them going, oh, did you know that was a true story? And they'll go, no, is that mad? Like I'm going to Google that. I know. There's been a couple, like, did you see, is it Spotlight? The one that won the best picture, but they said La La Land. Moonlight. Moonlight. <laughs> I, well, I, I went Spotlight's to... a song by Jennifer um, <laughs> oh, Hudson. I don't like. <clears throat> Living under your spotlight. No, I went to see Moonlight in um, the cinema. Mm-hmm. Just when it got announced that it had won the best picture. And it was, you know, sometimes, like, especially over here, it's like the film... That wins Best Picture maybe hasn't even been released yeah. yet. And it was like, I think it was an indie film or whatever. But it won and I went straight away. I was like, I have to see this. I would yeah. won that after all the controversy. And it was so, so gripping. And it was like a really good exploration. Start to finish. It was just whole, great. like gay, people of colour, mm-hmm. love story thing. It was really, really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, anything with substance. But then when people just turn around, they're like... What do you mean you haven't seen like Legally Blonde Three or Scream Five <laughs> or what's that other one? It's always about theme park rides and the old day. Oh, don't speak to me about Final Destination <laughs> because <laughs> all that. Shit. Listen, my partner and I have been trying to watch all the Final Destinations in the space of a few days and get them all. How many is there? Like seven? There are five. So right. there's Final Destination. Final Destination. Was one. it you that made me watch Saw Six? Yeah. With Luke, Luke out of Gilmore from Girls. Gilmore Girls. Horrific. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Continue. It's the same thing. that ha- it's, It happens a lot with horror movies. The first two will be amazing because they're directed by the same person. But then the franchise will get bought over and the it's next... It's watered down. It's just gore and the, like there's less always... Less of a budget and everything. Less budget. There's always... No Courtney um, Cox in Scream 7. You get it a lot in horror movies. There's always like... Uh, like a teen party and someone brings weed and there's always a topless girl who is yeah. seven stone and it, t- it there's well, that's no all need. that thing like that American Pie Euro trip there's no need for all that movies. there's They're no just... need for that in the horror give movies. me Fast Times of Richmond High over American Pie it doesn't move the story along no. um, but Final, De- Final Destination 1 is one of the best I wouldn't even call it a horror I would just I would call it a thriller one of the best thrillers that I've ever seen thriller and I do prefer a thriller to well it's no Gone Girl it's no it's no Ver- Veronica Salt that's the thing about thriller movies though there, there's so many different umbrellas mm. there's so many different branches of the term thriller I think most horror films it depends are on what the person who's watching it finds scary whoever's listening send us messages give me recommendations of horror films you think I'd enjoy because most of them we don't want to watch it. Speak for yourself. See, I love being scared shitless. But I'm more scared about, like, real things. Like, thrillers scare me more than a horror Yeah, like clowns? <laughs> no. Well done for saying that, though. I know. About a year ago, I couldn't even say the word. Anyway, I don't... We'll move on. I don't want to... Anyway. <laughs> well done, <clears throat> So, that's, like, mostly, like, Hollywood movies. And yeah. Irish cinema is sort of similar. You know, there's no real middle ground with Irish cinema. It's Irish either really, really good yeah. or it's 
terrible. They're starting to really come into their own. You've got Hunger, Darby O'Gill, Brooklyn, which was one oh, of the best movies. I made you watch Brooklyn. One of the best movies I've Beautiful. ever seen in my entire life. Really it was enjoyed just that. Gorgeous. And it was like, at the start of it, you think it's just like the cliche coming to America story. Yeah. But it's the fact that the sister dies and there's no father at home and you're like when it oh it like yeah actually shows the responsibility put on you'd look after your parents yeah. in Ireland and it when we when you first put it on and in the first like, sort of 10 15 minutes I was going is this set in 1898 and then it wasn't until later on where I was like oh is this is like the 1940s it just shows the contrast yeah. between Ireland and, and America. America yeah because it's so it is literally worlds away. It's just a really unique take on the whole coming that to America pond story. Is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um <laughs> so you've yep, you've got Brooklyn, which is amazing, and then you've got Far and Away, starring Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Where's that? Far and Away. Never seen we it. We had to watch it in history class. Jesus Is it Irish? Christ. Is it Irish? Nicole Kidman. Yeah, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. No, it's not. It was made in Hollywood and he is um North Down or He's a farmhand. This is the thing, no one knows where it's set because the accents are that bad. He's a right. farmhand. She's like the, the daughter of the manor. Are they um, meant to be Irish? Yeah. Oh fuck up. I swear to God. That's gonna, just insulting. We're gonna try and find a video and we're gonna post it along with this. I know that a lot of people listening to this will have had to watch this for history class. It is woeful. He keeps he keeps saying to her the whole way through the movie, Shannon, do you like me hat? Shannon, tell me you like me hat. <laughs> now, I know I can't do a southern accent, but his is terrible. I mean, he's away with the fairies anyway. <laughs> Oprah. She's, her her accent isn't that bad. She's quite adaptable. Yes, because she's she was born in Hawaii. She lived in Australia for God's amount of years. Um, Her life, yeah. Does a good American accent, so her Irish accent was okay, but mm. his was just. I mean, I feel like somebody give him that role as a piss take. <laughs> I swear to God. There's been some great Irish movies though. Um, Mickey Bo and Me, really Go- enjoyed. Brilliant that. movie. War of the Buttons, which you haven't seen. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Into the West. It's about like, gypsies or traveller kids. Sorry, I don't know what just call them now. Um. Travellers. Travellers, right. Yep. Inuits. They, <laughs> they, um, they, like, got a horse. It's about a horse? They got a horse in, like, a council estate in the Tala or something. Oh, great. And they're trying to hide it, and then they run away from home with this horse. Do you remember the, the um, elephant that lived in somebody's back garden over World War II? Yes, II, from in the North Belfast. Belfast. Yeah. Oh, no. Mad. We have it all. This is an advert for Visit Northern Ireland. I know. So, Matt, do you want to tell me about fried green tomatoes? I can't wait no. to hear what you thought about the best movie that's ever been made. So, will I give you my synopsis? Yes, so, tell everyone what it's about. I'll tell everyone what this episode's about. So, this week, we decided we're going to talk shit about movies, but then we're like, let's talk about two... Let's not get too deep. Let's not get too deep. <laughs> Two cult 90s movies that we're both obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And neither of us had seen each other's toys. Even though you have said fried green tomatoes to me until I've nearly one day bought them and cooked them. <laughs> so this was the week for me to watch it and let you know what I thought of it. And also likewise, you had never seen Welcome to the Dollhouse. No. Which, ah, just, it walked so Napoleon Dynamite could run. 
It is an indie uh, coming of age art house masterpiece. It is the female driven Napoleon Dynamite slash super bad slash she's all that slash yeah. can't hardly wait. <laughs> and before we get into it, just quickly, I'm going to do fried green tomatoes, but did how long did it take you to realise who the lead actress I knew who she was straight away. Honestly. I knew who she was straight away. So You I, can't hide that over by for me, honey. No, what's her name? In real life? Yeah. Heather. It's Heather Mad- Heather Matarazzo. Matarazzo. And more famously known for playing Lily. Lily Moskowitz. In. The Princess Diaries. One, two, and. Seven. Three, confirmed last year. They have a script. She wasn't in the second one, was she? She was. I was too busy looking at Julie Andrews. They, uh, Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway have confirmed Princess Diaries 3 is sat there ready to go. Shut up! <laughs> And um, they just want it to be done properly and at the right time and everyone on board. Brilliant. You're so excited. <sighs> so yeah, fried green tomatoes. Picture the scene. 1980s Birmingham. Alabama. I was going to say Birmingham, England, Matt. No, 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 no. Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Alabama. We get to meet Evelyn Couch, and she looks like she hasn't got off it in weeks. <laughs> Matt! Kathy Bates is a depressed housewife, and the husband's, he's not too good there at all. They, go, they spend their time, they're going to the nursing home, they're visiting his cranky aunt who has dementia. She doesn't want to see them, so she gets chatting a wee old dear in the waiting room. And she keeps thinking of ideas to spice up her marriage and all. She's like, if I came home wrapped in cellophane, which I still think, Kathy Bates walked so Lady Gaga could run. Absolutely. Wasn't that a luck? Absolutely. Talk about a bad romance. <laughs> <clears throat> so she um she gets friendly with this doll who herself, she's convinced, she's like, I'm only here visiting, I'm only here myself, I'm not, I don't live here, I'm only here for a week or two. And this doll, she's knocking on a hundred, like Prince Philip. <laughs> and she goes back in time and starts telling her a story about a wee town called Whistle Stop, mm. which was a train town. It's one of those towns that don't really exist for any reason except for to go for a pish and a cheese sandwich. So they all whistle stop. <laughs> it's Jordan's town to hear I. <laughs> Clippers town. <laughs> So Whistle Stop, they, um, she starts telling the story about life in Whistle Stop. So it's 1980s um, Birmingham is our level and Kathy Bates. And then she takes her back in time. It's the period between the two world wars, World War One and Two. So mixed levels of optimism. And she starts telling the story about a sweet girl. Her name is Iggy or Itchy. Edgy. It's short for Imogen Louise. Edgy. Edgy. We're Scratcher. Um, oh. Don't be making fun of the best movie ever made. Right, so she's a wee, a wee tomboy. She's a wee imp. A wee imp. She is a wee imp. She's always after climbing trees. And she's, a, she's up to no good. She's up to no good. She's full of badness. And she's a lovely wee girl. And she wouldn't listen to anyone. There's a wedding. She's going to wreck it. She's not getting changed in her dressing or nothing or this and all that. And she's going... <laughs> she's going... <laughs> She's going up to hiding in Treehouse, all this. She's a real wee Bart Simpson. Uh, <laughs> the only person that she can tame her. Sorry. Is, no, you have to check no. in, please. <laughs> is her brother. 
and body. body body yeah and then that's all going well and good all the ladies love him he's like Dustin to turkey all the ladies love me everybody loves body thread good I know and he's got a fancy woman called Rose Ruth Ro- Ruth 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 sorry Ruth Ruthie Ruth Jameson Ruth oh. we're not advertising <laughs> Ruth and um anyway does she get knocked up by him no 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 oh right yeah no i remember so, so it's the day of the wedding and all he goes chasing something a balloon or a hat a hat off Ruth's i don't head. think you watched it <laughs> I, did, I did so the hat got blown off with his head the hat got blown off Ruth's he head. runs uh, do you mind Sorry. this is my synopsis he runs down to the train tracks did it out gets his foot stuck oh the train's coming oh do 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 it's, it's a tense moment speaking of thrillers and then just <laughs> in the mo- nick of time, he gets his foot out of the shoe. You see it. Mm-hmm. You see the he's, foot. Do, he's fiddling with his laces. You see it and you see the foot slide out of that shoe. Why do you end up dead? Beep, beep, beep. Because of the suction, you see. Does that happen? Uh-huh. He gets sucked under. He gets sucked under. He gets torn asunder. He gets sucked under. The, he gets sucked off by the train. <laughs> and, and, and everyone was screaming. Ruth and Edgy seen it and they were going oh buddy buddy well, and him. up yonder uh mama thread good she could hear the screaming and thought oh god what's happened what's happened they all came a running mm-hmm. but to no avail he was he was, was pronounced he was doa patty bread mm-hmm. um and then that's him he's gone yeah the next thing they do a bit of a fast forward through the years it's about 10 12 years later itchy and scratchy she's full of badness She's knocking about with the rambly men. She's in the saloons, drinking, gambling, smoking, sniffing. She's running about the place. And she's gorgeous. She oh, never has stunning. those dungarees off her. And she's got really, really short, she, dirty fair hair. With like, oh. just that sort of, you know that Taylor Swift folklore curl that she's worked so hard to but get? But in the 20s? She had it naturally. Mm. Just a woman who never washed or conditioned. And it was just... But didn't need to. It was like... Naturally curly, but with a, a little bit of frizz. Yeah. What do what they used to call that in the mid-2000s? It was like sea salt. salt sea salt, salt spray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. She had that going yeah. for her 100%. Well, they didn't have herbal essences in the deep south. No. <laughs> and she had beautiful face of freckles. A little bit of like dirt just smeared on the cheek. Mm-hmm. She was beautiful. But she was out of, out of control. She was causing bother everywhere she went. So who gets called into town? An old family friend to knock a bit of sense into her. Ruth. Ruth. The, the brothers. The brothers' woman. And they spend a summer of love. Though. You never see it on screen? No. It's all just insinuated. It is insinuated. And do you know what's really interesting for me? Uh-huh. So I watched the whole scene where there's a thing. Would you she, watch the whole movie, I think? Yeah, but <laughs> I'm just going back to this particular period of it where she's hooking about a beehive and she calls her a bee woman and all. And she thinks, God, you're crazy. You're crazy going in. She didn't get stung. Because she was a bee whisperer. A bee charmer. A bee charmer. And she knew all about it. And they came back and she was like, you're crazy. You're crazy, Miss Thread. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and she's goes between being angry with her, trying to tame her to being impressed with her. Mm-hmm. And kind of giving in and letting herself go a wee bit. So then they're doing a bit of running about themselves and getting into wee pools and diving and swimming. Playing cards. Playing cards and shooting whiskey. Drinking beer. Doing all the things that Carrie Underwood's boyfriend's girl was doing in the song Before He Cheats. I bet you she couldn't <laughs> shoot whiskey. 
singing some Shania Shania karaoke. karaoke. (laughs) So they became very close and it becomes less about taming her and more about her opening herself up and being a little less tame. Literally. Yeah, and then it was only until the moment where they are sat together, basically skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this entirely passed me by for the first... Well, you see, it was Ruth's birthday and Ruth yeah. never drank because she was a church woman. Well, this is nearly, I'm talking 45 minutes an hour into the movie until this scene and they're both kind of basically half-dressed, knocking about some sort of a, a creek or a stream mm-hmm. and then she announces, oh, I'm leaving to go get married and I saw the heartbreak in her face, Itchy's face, and it is the only first time, and this is how good this movie is and how clever it is, that it actually all clicked with me. And I was like, oh, this is being sexualized. Yeah. And looking back, you're like, well, she was clearly a dyke when she was six. But that never <laughs> crossed my mind because the whole movie, I was like, oh, she's a character. She's a funny movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is why it's like, it's so different now where you can look at like a six-year-old and be like, that's a gay, that's a lesbian. Yeah. But I was just looking at her and be like, Oh, she's her own wee, like, character. Oh, she's, she's a wee tomboy. She's a wee tomboy. Uh, yeah. And it was only when I saw her look at her with long and then being like, oh, you're going to get married? I was like, oh, my God, like, this is a lesbian love story. Like, it took me so long. To realise. To realise. So, yeah, it's quite evidently a lesbian love drama, even though it's in no way, like, physically shown and it's no way pitched like that as a story, but mm-hmm. you can just read between the lines. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was. It just kind of hit me across the face, and I was like, "I think I'm normally a lot more clued into these things." I'm like, "Oh, it all it's all making sense. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story." If you read the book, um, the homosexuality is a bit more apparent there. You don't really have to read between the lines, which is strange because the uh, the writer of the book, Fanny Flag, Fanny Flag, also co-wrote the screenplay. Nineteen eighty seven, the book came out. Yeah. So you'd think that the screenplay and the movie would be more... In tune with each other. But the only thing that you were seeing about the lesbianism was how other people were reacting to their friendship. Yeah, I think maybe when it comes to that, just in the time period, late 80s, early 90s, you might have got away a wee bit more in literature than you would have on film. Yeah. So maybe that's why it was all downplayed a bit. Because you can even see that going through to like noughties and recent films. You're like, they have to tone things down or change them, adapt them for the screen. And for why? Here's a spoiler. Gay people exist. Well, you're dealing with the director of the film. He had just come out of doing Risky Business. Yeah. Huge, huge success. So... Maybe he was thinking it's not in my best interest professionally to be yeah. tying myself up in a... Yeah, it was risky. ...in an LGBT film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just got that. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to lend you the book. Yes. Now, the movie is about just over two hours long, but the book is, like, nearly 300 pages. A manifesto. Yeah, it's a... The book um goes, like, the way the movie does, you know, between 1920s to 1980s. Yeah. Um you're getting to see more backstory to the sort of smaller characters in the movie, but the book is focusing more on... There's no... Say, there, there's no main character in the book. Right. Um, despite it being written in... um, It's written in first person. Each chapter goes between Evelyn and Edgy, written mm-hmm. in first person, but you're still getting the to know each character, like... Individually? Through through, yeah, individually. See, I yeah. thought, even after watching it, I thought the whole Kathy Bates, Evelyn couch thing was a nice touch, but it was just there to really back up the whole 
the other thing. Yeah. Maybe that's the whole idea of it. But what would you think the main themes in the movie were? Like girl friendship, obviously. Um, more so than anything else. Friendship over romance, over hardship, over everything. It's just, that was the main theme. I thought going on to it later. So I'll keep going with my synopsis. Mm-hmm. So you start to see these sort of lesbian love stories appear, then she disappears and gets married, and has a child that she names after Buddy, Buddy Junior. Yeah. Which the husband, no wonder he beat her. Matthew. <laughs> He's not going to name her after him. The husband. Whose I'm only name... joking. I don't condone that. What do you call the husband? The husband was Frank. Was it Frank Bennett? Frank Bennett. And he was a cunt oh, through was and through. An absolute cunt. I last week went and um went on all the um the actors from Fried Green Tomatoes and tried to f- and find all their Twitter accounts. And um the guy that plays Frank Bennett, I went on his Twitter account just to see what he was up to. And the last thing he tweeted was like, um, recount the votes, he is not my president, uh. Trump through and through. And I thought, you are, you know, You've turned into your character. You've turned into your character. It's like Christopher out of Gilmore Girls. He oh, was, it was this. It's the same thing. He was taken down, capital. And it's so hard to separate the art from the artist. You know, Fried Green Tomatoes is an incredible movie and always has been, always will be. But Frank Bennett, who, it'd be different if he was nice in the movie and a cunt in real life. <laughs> but he's a cunt in the movie and a cunt in real but life, so that's fine. He's a serious cunt in the movie. He beats the head off her. He and pushes then, her down the stairs when she's like seven months pregnant. Yeah, well, that's one of the final scenes. So Itchy comes and visits, notices she's been knocked around, she still has feelings for her, comes back a while later with a little bit of backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who does their barbecue, Big, Big George, George. Big George. And her brother Julian. Yeah, so they all come down and they rescue her, they take her away, and not without a fight, Frank Bennett throws her down the stairs. <sighs> he goes, I'm going to kill you. She says to him, I'm going to kill you. If you ever lay a hand her again, yep. I will kill you. Mm-hmm. And, and she was right to do that. Mary Stuart Masterson, if you're listening, <laughs> my number is 07596. <laughs> so they drive away. They go to Whistle Stop. And Whistle Stop wasn't really anything at the time, but um, Itchy's father lends her money. They put money into business. They open the Whistle Stop Cafe. Fried green tomatoes at, at the, the Whistle, Whistle Stop, Stop Cafe. Cafe. And they make, they just make a they killing. Make a killing? They do well. And they're living life. We buddy junior, he's grown up. He has a he has a rather in with the train as well. Loses an arm. No spoilers. Well doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so but it's all going well until one night. I don't know where. So the one thing about the Whistle Stop Cafe that you have to note is, as I mentioned, Big George was coming and he gave it to you a hand getting your woman out. He was an African American. Mm-hmm. And he was considered family. He was 100%. And then his mother, Sipsy, would have been the family the family cook. Yes. And I suppose in other areas of Alabama or different families, they would have been considered the slaves. Mm-hmm. But not in Whistle Stop. Cause it was, not with a thread good family. No, and not with the village in general. They were all very accommodating. When the Whistle Stop opened... It allowed people of colour to work, to earn a wage, mm-hmm. to have a proper job. And certain characters and police forces by the time remarked on this. And they were like, no, this is the way we do it. They are family, they're employees, mm-hmm. this is it. Then one night, all of a sudden, the KKK lands down. 
You've heard of them. You know them. The Kim Courtney and Kardashian. Yep. Kim no. Courtney and Chloe. Yeah. No. The KKK Lansdowne. Mm-hmm. And they unveil themselves. Who is it? Frank fucking Bennett. Shock horror. Loud Everyone's so surprised. Wow. Oh my God. The horrible white man is actually a racist. Wants to Whoa. see his child. Tells Sepsi. Doesn't he bait them? And then he, he goes. He lifts. Is it an, it's an oar. I think it's an oar. Or um, just a big piece of wood. You know to stop. Like. You know what like a doorstop. The yeah. big hunk of wood, and he just clamps her around the head with it. She falls down, and he walks into uh, Buddy Junior's room while Buddy Junior's still in the cot, and says, "This is my child. I'm. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna take him away from me. He's mine. He's gonna be a wee mini KKK." And Ruth is not having any of it. No, well, neither. None of them are. No, and that's him. He's chased out of town. Yeah, but he does say he's gonna come back and all this. Next thing, he mysteriously disappears. We find back in flashbacks what actually happened. But it opens a murder case. Mm-hmm. Goes on for a couple of years. Everyone's accused, yeah. It's about in the in the book, it's about six years the case yeah. goes on for. It's taken the to court. Detective keeps coming back, he's like, What's going on? And then eventually they all get pulled into court, Itchy, Big George, and the plan is you know, we're taking in this white woman from the town and she's going to do the right thing and turn around and blame it on the Big, Af- George. Big George, the African-American and his family. Yeah. And he will be sentenced to death. Because and back then he wouldn't have been able to even testify. The 12 no. men on the jurors, the 12 jurors who were all white all men white, at the time yeah. would have just said, OK, so and it's said in the movie, they say, right, OK, so the only word we have to go on is that of a young woman who's unmarried and a black man. Yeah. Here we're going to send down. Let's pick. You know, it's and the toss of a coin. refuses to buckle. And out of nowhere, she gets a saviour in a member of the community. A member of the parish. The minister from the town who she had given an awful hard time to over the years because she had denounced religion, she denounced any sort of normality. Being a lesbian and all. And yeah, and just being a bit of an angsty, missing her brother kind of gal. Mm-hmm. And... He did a good deed as well. It just goes to show the whole community spirit. And he goes, no, none of them are going down for it. And him, as a man of God, testified going, yes, I'll cover their alibi. Neither of them were present. We don't know where he is. And they turn around and they go, nothing happened to Frank Bennett. Whatever, he's gone missing. He wasn't killed. The judge says he was, let's just say that he was drunk and drove his car into the lake. That's what happened. I don't want to hear anything about they this. They pulled the car up. Yeah. Me. But the whole plot twist, mm-hmm. the reveal... For those that are watching, those that haven't, is he was indeed killed. He was thrown his weight about and he got clipped across the head with a frying pan by Sipsy. Sipsy. The owl, Big George's mother, the owl cook. Played by Cecily Tyson, who oh. we lost about two weeks ago. Actually? Yeah. Oh, so That breaks my heart. Yeah. He well, was, she was one of the... the the for she was at the forefront of um the change in cinema of actually black people allowed to be in movies and there was a time where she was nominated for something and wasn't even able to go to the ceremony. Stop it. Yeah, so the same thing happened to um Hattie McDaniel, who was in Gone with the Wind. She played uh oh God, I can't remember her name, but she was Scarlett O'Hara's sort of handmade if you will yeah and was nominated for best supporting actress 
in the 1936 Oscars and wasn't even allowed to go to the show because the auditorium didn't allow black people in the in the in the room. Well, that's disgusting. But I'm glad we've come on from that. Oh, in leaps and bounds. In leaps and bounds. <laughs> but yeah, so she killed it. Killed him. Itchy knew, and she also did a wee sign of loyalty and was willing to go down for it mm-hmm. until everyone else in the community stepped in and. That's near enough the story of it. Sadly, at the end, the lesbian love drama is broke up with with the death of Ruth. Yeah, the big C. She has the big C and it's later then revealed that Itchy is actually that wee old woman chatting to the miserable Kathy Bates. Telling but her is story. she though? Oh? Because in the movie, you're sort of going... Is this what I'm supposed to be reading from this? Like, is this is this who this is? Well, I thought that. And yeah. then, would you, but you're supposed to. But in the book, it's the same way. You're going, is this who this is supposed to be? It's not really. Well, what it's makes not really th- there in black and white. What makes you think that it isn't? Because, Edgy's name. So in the movie, it's Edgy, which is short for Imogen, and yeah. the old woman's called Ninny, which is short for Nanette. Yeah, but they're both thread good. Yes, because Ninny married into the family. Whereas Edgy was already a member of the family. Oh. So you're always sort of going, is that who it is? I think it is. That's the thing. I was left with a yeah. bit of sparkling hope being like, oh, you've just told your story. But you, you need to read the book as well. Right, well, I will. I'll lend it to you. So that was Fried Green Tomatoes. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Rebecca. It's the, oh, it's such a great movie, isn't it? It's just, it's all if, a bit... If anyone's listening and is wanting to watch the movie... We're going to post you the Pirate Bay links um, <laughs> under the... There is a trigger warning. Um, the N-word is said about 17 times throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah, it's disgusting the way... Which is... But at the same time, it is kind of realistic. You need to realise that with... 1920s I, Deep South yeah, America. I do like films that actually show it in their brutality. I know it's not nice to watch, yeah. but I like like the authentic story. Because like Selma, the, yeah. really, I was saying, like, I like films that affect me mm-hmm. and make me like feel really passionate about the whole yeah. human condition. And Because that's what the movie's about. Whereas... Selma's done that to me, 12 Years a Slave, like very important films that you mm-hmm. like, just feel your skin's crawling and you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And it mm-hmm. just fires you up to make sure that's never really repeated. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the... Um... The case of OJ, you know, the, yeah, OJ the Netflix in America, yeah. with um, Cuba Gooding Jr., um, John Travolta, David Schwimmer. Yes. The guy, and he played the Kurt, Rob Kardashian. Rob Kardashian. The guy that played uh, one of OJ's like lawyer teams is a guy called Nathan Lane, who voiced Timon in The Lion King. And right. in like episode four of the OJ thing, he says the N word in the space of like three minutes. He says the N word four times. And I was watching that going, I first heard your voice when I was like three years old. Yeah. And because it's, it's the same voice, you know, it was he didn't put the voice on to be Timon. So to yeah. hear him say that word, I remember being like, oh, God, this is also, so uncomfortable. Also, I think for something. For me, who, it for something be uncomfortable in... for me. But for him to do that, I wonder yeah. how actors are able to. Well, I think for something in such recent history as well, the whole OJ case, it could have just been left out. Like, yeah, there's no real need to be saying that. Yeah. When was that? The 80s? The 90s? It 90s? was 94? I, I want to say 94, 95. I know people were still using the word, but it doesn't carry the same weight that it does if 
you're down on the plantations. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's no real need. Yeah. If you can omit it, omit it. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. I don't know. Just briefly, Danielle and I watched The Green Mile um, a couple of weeks ago. She had never seen it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I again, was just baffled by this. I was like, I can't believe... You, but that's just me being a movie geek, being like, oh, I can't believe you've never seen this. So we put on The Green Mile. I hadn't seen it in years. But again, they say the N-word a few times. And it's like, this isn't moving the story along. But I understand why they're saying it. Because it's set in this time period, in yeah. this area. It's the same with like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Same sort of genre. But there's yeah. a lot of it being thrown about. Just using it. I don't know. It's so strange seeing people use it as a derogatory term. I can think of nothing worse. Like... But say that same, now, but, but if you're that, living in 1960s Alabama. Yeah, but saying that, we're sitting here, two young white people who, I know. you know, who are we to say? Do you think in like 10 years time, there's going to be things that we might have said that people are going to be outraged with? There's things I know that have already been said during the noughties and 2010s that I wouldn't dare to think about saying again. Like, yeah. litho. What's that? Short for Lithuanian. I've never heard that. That I've heard... So I don't know if it's like a countryside thing. Is it not a Belfast thing? You describe it as basically anyone from the Eastern Bloc, Polish, Lithuanian, Latvian. You were like the Lithos. Oh, just like a, a different yeah. word for like Slavic. Yeah, but like more just derogatory. Like derogatory slang. Like I've never Lithos. heard that. I've heard just... I've heard Slavic people called certain things like, but and then never like that. The Romanians, like everyone calls them Romos. That's. Do you know when you look into the. I love this, but when you look into the, like the etymology of the word gypsy and the Romanian culture yeah. and where it comes from, and it's such a rich history of um, but such it's... amazing people, and then you're seeing people around the corner being like, you know, that person is wearing a belly top. They must be, this this woman must be this kind of person because she's wearing a belly top and has like really long hair. Yeah. You know that's that's what you're seeing on like a Channel but Four TV show. Like, like you can when people call Irish travelers tankers. Yeah. And then. Now it's again the stage where we're calling Polish and Lithuanian and Latvian and all the mixed derogatories. Lithos are calling Romanians. Yeah. Romos. I think the reason it's so derogatory is because it's the word we've come up for for them. Yeah. They don't self-identify as... Exactly. It's not like I've ever met anyone from Lithuania who's been like, I'm a Litho. Um, yeah. Like, it's just... And I think I'm already very, very aware of it. And I think in the next five, ten years, especially when you start to say... It's already happened with the... Polish community in Northern Ireland and the Chinese community and a lot mm. of them but they're saying now the next breakthrough community is going to be the Romanian community mm. where they have the second generations who are going to be people Listen, teenage lot- people who you know were born in Belfast yeah. to their second generation families that's when you're going to start to see a real but change but it's, such, it's a, such a long time coming like the I Romanian know. people but it's going to continue like this the people out. the Romani people were moved out of their own country by Henry VIII yeah. Like, it's not, like, a recent thing when you look into it. And this is the thing. We all need to just educate ourselves more instead of going, oh, well, my uncle says these kinds of people are bad because X, Y, Z. You need to just do your own fucking research. Here's the thing, people. Google is free. It always has been and it always will be. Educate yourselves. Don't just listen to us, you know. No one's listening to you, Rebecca. <laughs> well, this is the thing, I know. But no one's interesting. It's just, I'll be intrigued to see if... In- five or ten years time we're going to be like we've recorded a, recorded a podcast and we said these words yeah like disgusted with ourselves yeah but it's just the way language goes I suppose it's what the context is behind it 
That's true. You know, yeah. If you're saying, well, no, not that if you're saying, if you're, you can't be like, oh, well, I said this word, but I meant it this way. That doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I've been called a faggot before. I'm sure you have. <laughs> you know. What are you trying to insinuate? <laughs> but me saying that word, I don't want, like, straight people who listen to this podcast going, oh, you can't say that word. Yeah. Well, Why? Because it upsets you. It's me that's the faggot. It doesn't bother me. The word doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother somebody me was saying it to me, like, for example, the, the time that I was called a faggot, somebody was like, somebody who I knew, who I went to school with, was uh, driving past me when I was waiting on the bus, rolled down the window and went, there's the faggot. And I'm going, hmm, right. Thanks. Because in my head, I was going, is that not just what they call gay men? Oh. Which was discriminatory of me. You should have screamed back, I'm a dyke. I know. But I was like, that's very colourful language to be shouting. Like, I think I was on my way to work. (laughs) Well, to summarise, don't be using the N-word, unless you're making a nice film about it. No, just... Don't be using nasty words. Don't, yeah. (laughs) Why? I don't understand. What? I just don't understand why people... That's in some people's like vocabulary well, every in, day. I was talking about it in the context of making art and making film. Yeah. It's important. It's painful to watch it. Yeah, if you're if you're a person of colour who is directing the movie, writing the screenplay, writing well, the see, dialogue. That's the current yeah. debate and that's something Don't I, be Quentin Tarantino and go, I'm gonna make a movie set in eighteen forty one so that I can get away with saying the N word and everyone's gonna give me awards. Well no, I don't think they go out of badness going, I wanna use this word, but I completely agree with what they're saying. It's only in like the past two years that we're starting to be like, Why is there not my word black female directors? Why is this not happening? Why is yeah. this not happening? Why is like look at this whole thing about that film music even coming out. Ooh. I know, I'm up the wall. The clips I've seen are disgusting. Do you know I would Maggie, pay all the money in the world to see Childish Gambino just hit say it in the face? <laughs> Maddie Ziegler running about pretending she has autism. In like, blackface, pretending she has autism yeah. in dreads. No, it's like, if you're g- going to present your art, maybe get the people who can present it best. And it's so upsetting because whenever Sia first came out as when you think about it, really? the unnamed sort of person behind all these amazing songs that we loved and you're going, oh my God, who is this? She's amazing, blah, blah, blah. She's done all these songs. Oh, look, she's made some songs herself that she's written for herself. These are, these are really great songs. She's writing for all these amazing artists. Wow, this person is really good and has really honed her craft and knows what she's doing. You know, cut to four years down the line you're seeing this artist's name behind a project that is just the the worst thing I've ever... I know. It's like if they made What's Eating Gilbert Grape in 2020, it is just horrible. So yeah, it it doesn't been, fly. Who who signed off on it? There should have been an autistic actress. There should have been an autistic director. Just draw the line. See, yeah. I had no fucking business. Absolutely no business. And, and um, I don't want to see it. I've seen clips on TikTok. Who else was in it? No. Uh, Kate Hudson? They're all embarrassed by it. Kate Hudson was in it. It's been heavily, heavily insinuated that Maddie Ziegler wanted in no way to do this role. She was tied into it by paperwork. She I've like, seen certain tweets about, you know, and that's where I get all my news from is Twitter. But I've seen certain tweets about her being like, you know, I'm not going to apologise. This is what I've done and this is art form we'll and it's it. finest. Well, she's now turned around. She's edited out a pile of the restrained scenes, different scenes. Yeah. And she's admitting that she got her research and references wrong. 
So that's progress. Because well, it premiered in November. I want to know where she was getting her research from, though. Same. Well, she won't. She has said in hindsight. But isn't hindsight lovely? 2020 vision. After you get a 2021 flack. vision. But Maddie Ziegler, apparently there are claims. She said she didn't want to do this movie. She wasn't a part of it. Whatever sort of hold Sia has in her or contractually, she was involved in it and doesn't agree with it. And that's all I have to say on that. So anyway. Listen, in the words fried of Fried tomatoes. <laughs> it's too little too late. We say this every episode. We do. Let it be known. I'm not enough. I know. Right. We'll take a... We'll take a two seconds. We'll take a break. So, time for your episode or your movie? Yeah, we um sort of went into it there, um, and we're taking a bit of a left turn. <laughs> we're taking a bit of a left turn here with um Welcome to the Dollhouse, which was which is very niche. I'd never heard of it. Had you not? I'd never heard of it, and it whenever whenever you told me about it, and I went and watched the trailer for it on YouTube, I was like, "How have I never seen this?" An independent smash. It's one of those ones that crossed over and then like won a pile of Sundance Awards. Yeah, well, it did, and I have that in my notes here. Um, so my first thought when I seen the, when I seen the opening credits was like, this is Lily Moskowitz from the Princess Diaries that we yep. went over, um, and I thought I love it already. Um, you told me this was your favorite movie, but I thought that your favorite movie was Riding the Bus with My Sister. Oh my God! With um. Rosie O'Donnell. Which is a bit like what Sia did. Uh, yeah. It was Rosie O'Donnell, a neurotypical, playing um, someone with an undisclosed... But it was the 90s, so it's forgivable. Same as what's gripping Gilbert, what's his name? <laughs> what's gripping his grapes. <laughs> um. So, Welcome to the Dollhouse is a coming-of-age classic um, starring Lily Moskowitz. And some of the dialogue in the movie was hilarious. Yeah. Like, you know, whenever you're younger and you're first learning to swear. Well, that was what I was going to say. It's like, I'm sure you picked up on this in your notes, but it's like every time she did say something outrageous or she swore, it was just a reflection of what someone had said to her. Yeah. So I've got written down here. She Her response to everything was, shut up, lesbo, or... Shut up, shithead, or shut up, asshole, yeah. which I loved. Um, got another few trigger warnings here. They do, they there are a few rape jokes in this movie, which don't yeah. move the story forward. It's it's unnecessary. See, I don't even <clears throat> think they're jokes. I think it's just like a really troubled kids. Yeah, and also, it's kind of like clever, in a way that they are presenting children using this language where it's like you like when you were that age you did say some like stupid things as well if you know what I mean yeah and you're like you just look at them and you're like I know you're not saying this for the sake of being controversial meaning what good, it, yeah you're not knowing you're the meaning behind it knowing the meaning it's just more like you look at the bigger picture and you're like what's going on at home yeah like why yeah why completely. do you even know this completely um the so I'll give, I'll give a brief synopsis um, main character is Dawn Wiener. <laughs> I mean, which she was fucked from day one. Which says it all, really. Um, she is about 13, 13, 12, 13. Yeah. 
She's getting bullied a wee bit in school. No one really likes her. A wee her. bit? Just she's see the got, shape of her locker? She's got, you know, glasses and buck teeth and that makes for... Um, she's got the best fashion sense I think I've ever seen. We'll get into it. She's not got the best home life. She's got an older brother and a younger sister and the parents just care about the sister. Here, I Nobody else exists. I'd know nothing about that. <laughs> Nobody else exists except for the wee sister in the parents' eyes. And the wee sister is always fanning about in a tutu and oh, just... getting on everybody's nerves. Even her name. What is she? Mitzi? Mitzi? Missy. Missy. Missy Weiner. And I she mean, is. Come on. Um, and the older brother is just your typical older brother nerd movie kind of thing I'm going to succeed in life and mm-hmm. the rest of you aren't the one thing that struck me with this movie was I was getting like big John Waters vibes oh 100% the, the colour um, the storyline the angles everything it's when I first, very Pink Flamingos divide yep when I first put it on I was like I'm going to have to see in, you know who directed this because it was like it was so but I'm a cheerleader and cry baby it was just giving me those wee things were you thinking um, Hairspray Oh, another great movie. So I did a wee bit of research and the guy that directed this movie is called Todd Solandes. Yeah. And I was on Google and I was having a wee faff about and there was a Vice article from 2017 that actually compared John Waters and the director of this movie. So I no. thought, well, I'm not alone. It's like she's all that and but I'm a cheerleader together. Um, With severe editing and mm-hmm. angles and like looking up from the chin and like yeah. it's just very so the main our main character our protagonist um she she is you know you know typical like coming of age movie she's a bit of a nerd falls in love with the popular guy and thinks that she has a chance um but like do you know what love i love the most about this story is that and this is what's true for a lot of really good cinema it's definitely just set over the time for period of Two weeks. Yeah. Starts and finishes. There's no plot. That, yeah. There's no, like, it doesn't go anywhere. There's no, like... I love movies like that. I You're know. following this, like, this family or this person or this friend group around like, for a week and a half and nothing no, really happens. Nothing happens. But like, yet it's a great movie. There's And there's, like... And what's so joyful about it is, like, you can tell that the director or the screenwriter or whatever is toying with you being, like, trying to throw in plot twists. Yeah. Then, as quick as they happen, they just finish mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, it's just another day of fucking monotony. Like, it's Groundhog Day for this girl. It's Completely. fucking hilarious. Completely. And you, you, you'd love to have seen it as a, like a, like a sitcom, you know, like a TV show to see what her life would have been. If there'd be any sort of like plot or movement. Or any, you know, kind of upside for her. Yeah. But there's not really. There never is. I which just, is so true to life because, I mean, our, we're all waiting for our plot twist, I think, at the end of the day. So what did you make of it? So what happens? So we've got Dawn, the protagonist, who yeah. is a bit nerdy. And she's doing clean fuck all. She's, she's lusting after an older boy. And he is about 32. He's got, but he's playing he? like a 17-year-old. He has hair, Harry Styles hair. But like a Mike Myers Halloween face. Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, which I think that's what they're all called did, in movies. Did anyone else? I didn't realise. I've seen this film like five times and I watched it with my housemate last night. And she goes, did he just... There's a scene where they're in the house the first time he's there. He steals money? Yes. Uh-huh. I never noticed that. And then she goes, he just cleaned out an envelope there. And then part of me was thinking, more food than for leaving it there, but also... 
What an absolute gypsy. Is he getting his money to go to New York? It must be. Well, the Americans do their taxes by post, so that must have been their tax money. And who knows what happened in the 1990s. So, like I said, Missy, the wee sister, who is the pride and joy, the apple uh, of the children's of everyone's eye, goes missing. This is towards the end of the film. Everyone's going, oh my God, where is she, where is she? <laughs> you know, Missy's missing. Why does she go missing, though? She gets kidnapped by her teacher. No, but why? Why? Yeah. Do you not remember why? Oh, it was very subtle, but it's She was supposed fuck. to go and do a message for the mummy. And so, she was, so it's basically Dawn's fault that... But she, I don't I, want to give any spoilers because they might want to watch it. Uh, well, hopefully so, they have watched it. She was meant to go and do a message for the mummy. And she Dawn bought, was supposed to give her like a bit of paper to go, go and do gonna this. She going to go get a lift with someone else or something. And it ended up... She, got, she went missing. She was kidnapped. Because Dawn didn't give her the note out of badness. Because she hated her. Because why would you? She was a bit comfortable about that scene where she's like, tell your sister you love her. And she's like, I love you, Dawn. She's like, no, you do not. She says, the mum says, uh, you're not leaving this table until you tell your sister that you love her. Cut to five hours later, everyone's in bed and Dawn's still sitting there with like cold meatloaf in front of her. <laughs> it's such a strange That's movie. That's me. That is already me it, to this it day. Is. So Dawn is like, oh God, this is really my fault. I'm going to go and look for her. Runs away to New York to put up missing posters. Uh, rings the the house, rings the landline from a payphone in New York. Expecting the parents to be like, oh God, now Dawn's missing too. Turns <laughs> out Missy's returned. And well, everyone's going, and everyone's going, oh, oh, was Dawn away out? Oh, I didn't even notice. So again, Dawn's feeling really like hard done by. And then it just kind of ends. And then it ends. It ends with no reason. I think one of the most poignant things in the ending is when she's, is she speaking to her brother? It's like one of the final scenes and she's like, what happens after junior high? Like, does it get any mm-hmm. better? And he's like, nah, just like, it stays the same. And then the movie just ends. The like, movie just brilliant. ends. But let's go into some of the deeper topics. Her... Love interests. Her, okay, so her main love interest was Steve Rogers, who, you know, we've all seen this movie trope before. He's the older brother's friend who's he's, in the band. He's, he's unattainable. T- uh, 35 minutes screen time in and out. And then we have the other love interest who is the bully, who bullies her but secretly likes her, which is such a horrible thing we need to get rid of, you know, like Brandon. in the playground. Oh, he's pushing you down because he likes you. No, he's pushing me down because he's a cunt and oh. clearly getting abused at home. How good were his outfits? Like He was like, he was trying to be River Phoenix, but he just didn't have it. He had like a lumberjack shirt that was cut off at the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like Bender in um, Breakfast Club. <laughs> he was given that, but he just didn't have it all. I thought he was everything. No. He was such a heartbeat individual himself. Yeah, but, but the language still... he used with her. Was absolutely horrendous. Will we will we even talk about it? it I was don't want to. Let the people watch it for themselves. Three o'clock. He pulled a knife on her. He pulled a knife on her. And she enjoyed it. Did she? One of the best, I think one of the best <laughs> lyrics, one of the best statements that she came out with was they'd been kissing for a while because she did have a notion for him. Mm-hmm. And they were in like the clubhouse or a building site or wherever they were going. Oh, she had a tree house. She had a tree house that had to get tore down. And then he took her to like an allotment or something yeah. a couple of times. Uh, he but, was like the basic, you know, movie trope of wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, but it was when she turned around and looked at him and said, 
this is the whole thing about children not knowing the language they're using. Yeah. And she proper looked at him like dead in the end. She was like, Are you going to rape me? Do you still want to rape me now? And he was like, No, it's no. getting too late. And she was like, Oh, I can stay out later. Yeah. I mean, in sort of 1996 whenever this movie came out you would have went oh god that's a bit tongue-in-cheek and sort of laughed about it but in 2021 you're going where are the parents where are the authorities i know well i just it makes me laugh because both of them don't actually know what the word race True. means and it's the fact she's like well i can say it later yeah. if you really want to go do for you know it. what it reminds they're just me? both really horny it reminded me of um did you ever see the play blood brothers yeah and you know about the Liverpudlian twins and there's a scene we we watched it um for GCSE drama and read it too as well. Um and there's a scene whenever the they're about twelve or thirteen and they're just learning how to swear and what swear words mean and one of the kids says to his mum, You're a fuck off because you're you're at that age where you're like, I know what swear words are, yeah. but I don't really know what dialect. How to use them. How to use them. Yeah, like the vernacular of like certain swear words and the the connotation. And it, it kind of gave me those kind of vibes of, you know, you're an early, you're like a preteen. Yeah. You've heard swear words before. They're serious language. You're getting ready to use them. You're, you're old enough to use swear words, but you don't know what the meaning is behind certain words. I know. There's serious language used across the whole film. It's like the word faggot is thrown about. Yeah, the R slur is out there so many times as well. Um, um the guy her love interest, um, Brandon, the bully, his brother has um learning difficulties and the R slur is just thrown out there left, right left and right. I know. And then it's just it's very much projected. You can just see where he's like He'll turn around and punch Dawn or throw her bike and go, you're a retard. And then she goes home and she says it to her own family members. Yeah. And then after, when he's been nice to her, he's like, oh, my brother's a retard. Like, sorry for saying the word, but it's what she used that's in the, the film. It's the dialogue in the film, and yeah. And yeah. you're just like, oh, this day, like, at all, you're connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And then when you see Dawn... When then, and then when you see his dad and how yeah, the sort of upbringing the that he comes from, you're sort of realising... he runs out the window and yeah. goes to New York and then she goes to New York. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's chasing him, not her own sister. She's, she's there to chase him and she's there to put up the missing posters for Missy, Missy Wiener. But it's just like, I know it is a dark comedy and you can understand the whole context around like this language and the way people are acting. Yeah. But then to see Dawn use it in other people, mm-hmm. it's actually quite... It is light-hearted because we all did have those times like, where but, you'd meet a new friend and you'd hear them say a word and you but what also is kind of funny about it is like when you compare where she's hearing this language from yeah from someone like brandon in the final scenes when she goes to his house yeah and sees the dad being like well you better fuck off he's leaving in an hour yeah and you see his upbringing and then you see her her upbringing and like Who, she's she not, does come from a linear family she's you know she's, hard got, done by. she's got the mum and the dad they're not divorced she has you yeah. know Two point four children, um. But, there's always a hot meal on the on yeah, the dinner table. But she's like, oh, like everything's so. I'm bad. so hard done by. Yeah, it's then, it's middle child. The movie is it's just boils down to and middle child syndrome. I think that's why I relate so heavily to it. To be honest, I've always felt like Dawn Wiener. I'm saying nothing. I'm not, <laughs> well, I'm you not touching that. To this. Well, day. you know, being an only child, and Leo. <laughs> everything was just handed to me on a golden platter 
I was it? Yeah. No, I feel like I skipped the boat. It was like I feel like Dawn was like, you're just in the way. Yeah. And just saying her wee sister and her older brother, it just it triggers me. But also it makes me laugh because I see so much of myself in her where you're like go on be controversial, just be a bit of an just ang- say something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just be an angsty cunt for the yeah. sake of it. Like so. Final thoughts. If I feel like if I had seen Welcome to the Dollhouse when it came out when I was young, yeah, I would have. You wouldn't have been allowed to watch it. Well, no, I think I would have. I love, I love a coming of age. Yeah. I feel like if I had seen this movie maybe about fifteen to twenty years ago, I would have loved it, yeah. and I would have really resonated with a multitude of characters. Um, the... but seeing it now. In 2021, just kind of made me quite upset. And I want to ask you if you had seen Fried Green Tomatoes back in the day, whenever whenever you were younger, do you think that you would have had the same sort of takeaway from it that you did watching it in 2021? Um, I think when I was younger, the whole lesbian aspect might have went over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the race issue definitely it's that blatant that it would it would have stuck with me when I was very young, mm-hmm. and I would have watched it and been like. Oh, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Your girl Litchie is such, like, from the minute you see her when she's a little girl, you're like, I just like her. She's, like, mm-hmm. someone I should trust and like. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have been influential. Like, if I had seen that in school and it was no way sexualised or contextualised that mm-hmm. way for me, I would have been like, this is a really positive story. So do you think that fried green tomatoes should be on the curriculum? <laughs> Um, yeah. Who's the education minister? Nelson McCausland, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely, yeah, it's a bit more interesting than, what's that one, all the boys lost on an island with a pig. Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Fuck Lord of the Flies. Cut the fragrant tomatoes out. We, we didn't do Lord of the Flies in school. You're lucky. We did Dancing at Lunasa. Is that a play? Yeah, we talked about it last week, remember? We have a podcast. Sometimes I don't listen to you. Um, so do you, how do you feel about fragrant tomatoes? I mean, I was I was quite young when I watched it. My mum sort of introduced me to it. It was one. She said it was one of her favorite movies. I think she went to the cinema actually to see it when it came out. Well, ninety one. When I was maybe about eight or nine, she'd bought it on video and was like, "You need to watch this movie." And put it on and I was just... She was like, don't leave this room until you've watched this movie. Is that what turned you into a lesbian? No, it helped. Um, <laughs> but I remember watching it and... I don't... I don't remember picking up on the lesbian thing either. Until I'd watched it a few times and learning the history of it and knowing about yeah. the book. But no, the race thing... halfway through. Um, I think if my mum... Because there was loads of movies that I watched when I was younger that I had absolutely no business with. Like Titanic, that came out when I was four. And, and I remember it. I remember watching it when I was really, really young and being like, they're f- fucking on a car on a I boat remember, on the sea. I remember Titanic was rated 12 mm-hmm. and I was like 10. And I was like, oh, I'm so scandalous. I'm watching Kate Winslet's tit. Do you remember no more whenever, did that turn me. whenever we had, so there was your 12s, your 15s, your 18s. But do you remember whenever we moved from 12 to 12A? PG-13, Lewis America. 12A is, um, there's a swear word in it and a wee bit of sex, but, you know, watch it if you want. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'd love to watch a couple of 12A films these days. Well, I think Titanic might have been redusted to being a 12A. What do you think Welcome to the Dollhouse would have been? I think 
at the time it would have been like a PG, but I think now it would be a 15. Did you say cunt? No. No. I don't Americans she... don't say that much. I know. I don't think they actually say the word shit or fucking They up. say shithead. They say faggot. They say the arsler. They joke about rape. Yeah. They say fuck um, all the time. I've actually got it written here. My favourite <clears throat> quote from the movie. Again, when I was talking about kids not really knowing what way to swear. Yeah. She says, um, where is it? Just because he's a faggot doesn't mean he's an asshole. Um, and they are going to be on... That is going to be on t-shirts next week. <laughs> Do you know one of my favourite things about it is? That it's a movie that very much touches on bullying and junior high school. Mm-hmm. And as rough as your boy Brandon is, he's also very tender. It shows that... What you were always told in school, I like, know. oh, if you're getting bullied, they're probably getting bullied themselves at home. And do you know who that... Which is bullshit. So I'm just going to say it. It turns out, like, you cannot explain his bullying, and he turns out and he actually fancies her. Mm-hmm. It's the whole boy-like girl thing. Do you know who the real bully in the movie <clears throat> is? Her mum. No. The teacher. No. Herself. <laughs> at the very start of the film, you meet an edgy, sort of Avril Lavigne-esque character. That bitch! What was her name? And, Lolita? Yeah, and she had a notion for Brandon herself. And that whole scene is, I'm sorry, it's comedy gold. She locks her in the bathroom and goes, I want to watch I want to watch you shit. Take a shit. And then the next thing, she's running out of the toilet and you're like, she, did def- she definitely did. She yeah. definitely took a shit in front This of her. is in the first five minutes. <laughs> Brandon has, uh, this girl has a crush on Brandon and pushes um <laughs> our protagonist into the toilet. It's because she catches her and she's washing her hands. She's like, you didn't come in here to wash your hands. You come in here to take a shit. And it's like, well, everyone does it. It's brilliant. I'm sorry if you have fruit and fibre for breakfast every day, but we're a muesli household. And if I want to shit at nine o'clock or if I want to shit at 11 o'clock, I'll do it on my own time. I don't need you she, to be backing me into a corner. I, my corner's brilliant. already backed up. And I'm sad you didn't see more of her as the movie went on. But <sighs> Anyway, that's movie week. It's been a... Wild ride. Hasn't it? Oh, that's us now for six days. Yeah. What are we going to do? Next week? Yeah. I think that's us. Is it us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. What thing do you want to do next week? That's a great question. I feel like we should have a queer episode. Because we've talked a lot about a lot of queer things. I don't like them. And I don't know... What about... New stories that shocked the world. Oh, from the nineties. Oh yeah. yeah, the things that like radicalized us. Yeah, the nineties to the early two thousands. Yeah. So obviously nine eleven's getting about forty five minutes of your time, but that's a great everyone like, hold on to your bag. <laughs> and we Dad can, I can talk about the Rwandan genocide. Who better to talk about the Rwandan genocide than a white fella from Fermala? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know I'm passionate about it. So I'm gonna doing? be talking about the Wall Street of New Delhi. Stop. We're gonna do new stories that shock the world. How many will we pick? Two each. Two each. So we could do Diana. We could do Rwanda. We could do nine eleven. Oh my! Nine eleven did not happen in the nineties. I'm still kind of reeling. <laughs> no, I'm still kind of nervous about going into legacy issues. Yeah. Until we're a bit more confident with things. We don't want to... We do keep touching on them, We don't want to 
obviously we're not here to offend anyone. If you are offended, Matt's address is 25. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Yeah. No, so we'll be doing that next week. That'll be fun. Yeah, will it? We'll do six degrees of separation. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to have to go rest. Do you know something? To... We've actually got some really nice, lovely from our listener Instagram messages being like, the six degrees of separation is brilliant. Like, I'm really enjoying it. I hope they were talking and about me because I'm, I. No. Blood, sweat, and tears. It just gives you six degrees of separation anxiety. You have an absolute breakdown every time it's mentioned. We'll not do it with news. We'll do two news stories each. How shut... am I supposed to connect the. Oklahoma race war to oh, the, the Oklahoma- Shankle bombing. Oh, that's a good one, the Oklahoma bombing. Hanson did a song about it. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's mine. That's my one. <laughs> yes, so next week we're going to be doing the crimes and news stories that shocked the 90s and radicalised us as human beings. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and I think we have a special guest next week. Hopefully, uh, we're looking to get Gloria Honeyford on air to talk about the trials and tribulations of erectile dysfunction. Here's hoping we can get her up. <laughs> Until then, we'll see you next Friday. Make it good again. We have been the Ceasefire Babies. And I've been Matt. And I have also been Rebecca. <laughs> Enjoy.